This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim Maliki Yomiddin. Allahumma laka alhamdu wa ilayka al-mushtaka wa bika thiqatu wa alayka tuklan wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyu al-azim. Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa hal uqatan min lisan yafqahu qawli. اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجعل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن هدى بهديه واستنى بسنته ودعا بدعوته إلى يوم الدين إن شاء الله تعالى this is a continuation of our regular class where we were discussing the tafsir of surah al-Baqarah uh, last week we stopped at verse 62 and we're starting today from verse 63 we are still talking and discussing about the people of Banu Israel and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed them with many ni'am and many uh, blessings. Yet every time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed them with something and then also commanded them to do something, they would disobey. How they have made numerous blasphemous statements. How they disobeyed Prophet Musa and their other messengers. How even Allah mentions in, surah, in verse 61, they even killed some of the prophets that were sent to them. And one of some of the Salaf would narrate that they've killed many, many prophets, a great number of prophets that they killed. And we know how they even tried to kill Prophet Isa alayhi salam, but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took him away. Um, then the verse that we spoke about last was verse 62. <laughs> And this ayah was talking about that perhaps that if the misconception was that all of the Yahud were bad people, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions no, uh, the, those who believed, uh, the believers, and this was referring to the believers during the time of the Prophet sallallahu the Yahud and the Nasara, the Christians and the Sabi'een, the Sabians whom we spoke about the previous lessons, all of these people in their respective times with their respective prophets, Whoever amongst them believed in Allah and the, and the hereafter And did good deeds They will have the reward with their Lord There will be no fear on them Nor shall they be grieving or sad So here you learn that not all of the Yehud were people that disobeyed Some of them were good Similar with the Nasara Similar with all of the people that came before us then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse 63 continues to tell us more about some of the blessings and some of the events that transpired with the Yahud. Allah says, وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَكُمْ وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَكُمْ And mention and remember when we took the covenant from you. وَرَفَعْنَا فَوْقَكُمُ الطُورِ And we raised above you the mountain Tur. خُذُوا مَا آتَيْنَاكُمْ بِقُوَّةِ Saying, hold fast to that which we have given you بِقُوَّةٍ with might. وَذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ And mention what is in it. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that you may attain taqwa and become of those who have piety. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this verse is mentioning an incident that happened with the Bani Israel. Allah says, وَإِذْ أَخَذْنَا مِيثَاقَكُمْ And O children of Israel, remember when we took your covenant, Mithaq. Mithaq is al-ahd al-mu'akkad. It is a promise that has been emphasized. It is when someone makes you uh, makes you promise something or you make a deal and then that is heavily emphasized this is what a mithaq is 
What was this promise that they made to Allah? We mentioned it in the beginning when we started this story when Allah said, Fulfill my vow to, to me and I will fulfill my vow to you or my promise to you. This is the ahd. Mithaq is when it is heavily emphasized and made stronger. So what is this? The scholars, they have interpretations, but uh, some of them they say, and this is uh, very applicable because you have to remember the Prophet ﷺ, when these ayats are coming down, is speaking to the Yahud of his time. He is speaking to the Jews that live in Medina. And all of these events and these stories that are being told are a reminder for them. So there is a conversation happening, if you will, with Prophet Muhammad ﷺ and the Yahud in Medina. And they are being told, And remember, and mention, and remember when we took the covenant from you. So they know this covenant. And this covenant was that they should believe in Allah, believe in their Prophet, which is Prophet Musa, and in all the other messengers that came before, and to obey and not disobey. So um, in this covenant, in this promise was that they promised that they would believe in any Prophet that came after um, Musa. And of course Musa as well, and that they would act upon the Torah. This was the promise, this was the covenant. And they broke that covenant. And now they are being reminded, remember the promise that you made that you would believe in the messengers. You have a messenger standing in front of you right now, Prophet Muhammad, believe in him. Hold fast to this promise that you made. Now, of course, this incident where Allah mentions, and we raised above you the tur, the mountain. This is now referring to an incident that occurred during the time of Prophet Musa. And this was that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala raised the mountain and you will find more detail in in Surah Araf and Allah said uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took the mountain and held it above them, raised it above them. So the mountain Tur, what is Tur? This is something that the scholars discuss. What is it this Tur that was raised above them? Some of the ulama they say Tur means mountain. So it was any mountain. Others say, no, it is a specific mountain. It is the mountain that Allah, uh, where Allah spoke to Musa. This is the mountain where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to Musa and he received the Torah. So it's a very particular mountain, the mountain Tur. Other um, scholars, they say, the word Tur refers to a mountain in which vegetation grows on. Al-Jabal al-Mumbit. So any kind of mountain where vegetation grow, grows on. So not the mountains that is barren, right? This is where it refers to. And Allah knows best. But what we do know is, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took a mountain and held it, hovered it above the Banu Israel. So they actually saw that. And when they saw that, they are being told, Hold fast to that which we have given you with might. Now, this means with, uh, with uh, certainty, uh, with uh, determination. Hold fast to the book that you have been given. وَذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ And remember what's in it. وَذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ And mention what's in it. وَذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ And act and implement what's in it. This is all the meaning of وَذْكُرُوا مَا فِيهِ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that you may attain taqwa and piety. So how do you gain piety? By acting upon the Torah. How do you act upon the Torah? By holding steadfast to it and holding strong to it. Why uh, are they being told this? They are being told this because this is in their salvation. Now what's interesting, and the scholars mentioned this, is that so this is being told to them while the, the while the um, while the uh, the mountain is hovering above them. 
like a canopy, like is mentioned in, in, in Surah Al-Araf. So it's literally above them. And some of the uh, stories that you hear that our historians mention and the scholars of Tafsir is that they became so afraid when they saw the, this, this mountain hovering above them that they bowed down and they prostrated, they made sujood. They made sujood out of fear and out of uh, conviction and out of uh, and this is this was the purpose of it. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa taala was almost scaring them into submission. And there is an interesting uh, back and forth that some of the scholars of Tafsir have, and they say, well, if they were, uh, if they obeyed, and if they said we're going, they made sujood, but they only did it because they were scared of the mountain collapsing on them. Like Allah mentions with the can that be said is true faith? Now the scholars they say that in any case. They were told to believe in Musa And they were told to follow the commandments of the Torah And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala threatened them With this hovering mountain And they were worried and scared it was going to fall on them And as a result they believed and they made sujood Almost a miracle that Allah is showing them And they have already seen so many miracles like we've mentioned They saw the men and the salwa that they were eating from they saw Musa uh, uh, hitting a rock and then gushing forth from the water to drink. They saw, um, of course, the sea splitting. And they saw the nine signs of Musa salam with regards to Fir'aun. They, some of them were killed and then revived and they actually saw that as well. So many miracles that they have seen, not to mention the staff of Musa, not to mention uh, all of the other miracles. So this was all to increase their conviction. And it shows you how difficult of a people they were. Allah says, And remember when we took the covenant from you, this emphasized promise, which was that you would believe in all of the messengers and you would hear and obey. And we held this, the mountain tour above you. Hold fast to that which we have given you, with might and strength. Remember that which is in therein. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that you may attain taqwa. So how do you attain taqwa? By acting upon and reading and, re- and, and um, implementing the book that Allah has given you. In our case, what does that be? In our case, that would be the Qur'an. So if you want guidance, if you want taqwa, what does Allah say in the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah? ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابُ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ This is the book that which is there is no doubt. هُدًا لِلْمُتَّقِينَ A guidance to those who have taqwa. So you will find this relationship quite often. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions So what happened after all of this Allah says مِن بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ فَلَوْلَا فَضُّ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ لَكُنْتُمْ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ Then after that After all of this After all of the signs that you've seen Out of all of the miraculous signs that you've seen What did you do? تَوَلَّيْتُمْ مِن بَعْدِ ذَلِكَ You turned away after that Then after that You, you, you still turned away Turned away from what? Turned away from your promise that you're going to believe in the messengers. Turned away from the promise that you're going to act upon the Torah. And you turned away by changing the Torah. You turned away by not acting upon the Torah. You turned away by denying Prophet Muhammad. You turned away by denying Prophet Isa. Remember, the Yehud refused to believe in Prophet Isa as well. And similarly, they refused to believe in Prophet Muhammad. This is all the tawalli that Allah is talking about. ثُمَّ تَوَلَّيْتُمْ مِنْ بَعْدِ and had it not been for the grace and mercy of Allah upon you, you would have surely been among the losers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showed them so much mercy and rahmah by sending them prophets, by giving them this book, by over and over again showing them these miraculous signs. This is all from the rahmah of Allah. What is also rahmah from Allah? The fact that Allah sent Prophet Muhammad to guide them back to the truth. 
And, and if it wasn't for Allah's grace, and if it wasn't for Allah's mercy, and if it wasn't for Allah's fadl, they surely would have been from the losers. Then Allah says, وَلَقَدْ عَلِمْتُمُ الَّذِينَ اعْتَدَوْ مِنْكُمْ وَلَقَدْ عَلِمْتُمُ الَّذِينَ اعْتَدَوْ مِنْكُمْ فِي السَّبْتِ فَقُلْنَا لَهُمْ كُونُوا قِرَادَةً خَاسِئِينَ Allah says, and indeed you knew those amongst you that, that transgressed upon the Sabbath. Now what is this referring to? Allah says, وَلَقَدْ عَلِمْتُمُ الَّذِينَ اعْتَدَوْ مِنْكُمْ And surely you know, surely you know and you have knowledge of those who did i'tida' transgressed from amongst you في السَّبْتِ on the Sabbath. And Allah said, فَقُلْنَا لَهُمْ And we said to those that transgressed, be despised and rejected monkeys. So what is this ayah referring to? Verse 65. Allah is saying, and this again, the khitab is muwajjah li bani Israel. Allah is speaking to the people of Israel. Specifically now, now Allah is speaking to those who are at the time from Muhammad And Allah is reminding them of an incident that is well recorded in their history, which they know about even today. The Yahud and the Jews, they know about this is the incident of the Sabbath. And what was this? You will find a lot more detail in Surah Al-A'raf uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions about uh, and, uh, those who transgressed upon the Sabbath. Uh, Allah mentions that uh, the, those who transgressed upon the Sabbath. So what was this all about? The, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions to us that they were told to not fish on Saturdays And they were not supposed to do any work on Saturdays Specifically uh, the, the, the fishing And they were not allowed to do this And as a test, it was on Saturday When most of the fish would appear And it would come near the shore uh, And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions And Allah says in Surah Araf Asking about the town that was near the shore Near the ocean And then Allah mentions how the on the, the day they are not allowed to fish, the day they are not allowed to fish, the fish would be abundant. It will be jumping up and down uh, near the shore. And this was a test. You see all of this stuff that you could potentially get, all of this fish that you can, you can, you can, um, you can bring in, you're not allowed to do that. Because it's the Sabbath and you're not allowed to observe, you have to observe the Sabbath. So this was the commandment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what was the general theme of the surah? Follow the commandments that Allah gives you. And what is the, the, the general message that we are getting from this story? Is a whole nation that struggled or didn't follow the commandments that came from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And here is another example. And we saw so many examples. A few weeks ago we were talking about how they were commanded to enter into the blessed city. And they didn't do so. And, the, and then they were commanded to do so many things. They, they didn't. They were commanded to help, up, up, uphold Tawheed and only worship Allah. Yet they succumbed to worshipping the calf. And, 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 and again, they, were, they kept on disobeying and disobeying. And finally, you have here, again they're told on the Sabbath, you need to observe it. You cannot uh, work, you cannot uh, hunt, you cannot fish. And what did they do? They did what is known as tahayul, trickery and deception. So they were like, we have found a loophole. And the loophole was, if we're not allowed to uh, um, fish on, on Saturday, we're going to put our nets out on Friday. We're going to wait for sun, uh, until Sunday and then when all of the fish is in our nets, we just collect it on Sundays. Technically, we didn't, technically, we didn't uh, fish on Saturdays. 
Now this was the transgression that Allah is talking about And Allah says وَلَقَدْ عَلِمْتُمُ الَّذِينَ عَتَدَوْا مِنْكُمْ فِي سَبْتَ And indeed you knew those amongst you Who transgressed in the matter of the Sabbath Those who transgressed Allah and violated Allah is talking about this incident So what do they do? They put the nets out on, on a Friday They would sit on, on the Saturday and wait And then they would collect it on Sunday and they would say, well, we technically didn't. And there are other incidents that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, or that the Prophet mentions about this concept that they had, when uh, the, the, the deception and trickery. There's some other incidents in the Sunnah, where they did the same thing. They were told this is haram, and they found another way to benefit from it. So, this is something that people do. And you'll find a lot of people finding, trying to find loopholes. Well, technically this is not riba. Well, technically this is not haram. Well, technically if I do this first, then this will be allowed. This type of mindset is very toxic and very problematic. You have to remember, you are someone that is supposed to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And you need to hear and obey. This is the message of Surah Al-Baqarah. Isma'u uh, wa hear and obey. If'al ma tu'mar, do what you are being told. Do what you are being told. And uh, this is a very problem that we have in our ummah nowadays where people look for loopholes they look for ways out and this is very problematic and you see what will happen to these people Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Al-Araf he mentions how this event transpired and how there was a group that decided that they were going to do this it wasn't all of them it wasn't all of them this is why Allah says even minkum so some of you some of the Yahud they transgressed and Allah mentions three categories of people with regards to this incident in Surah Al-Araf the first group was those who transgressed those who actually did the trickery those who actually put the nets out those who didn't obey that's one group and then there was another group they were a group of preachers Allah mentions it قَالَ مِنْهُمْ أُمَّةٌ لِمَا تَعِذُونَ قَوْمَ لِلَّهُمْ وَلِكُمْ أُمْعَذُونَ عَذَابًا شَدِيدًا قَالُوا مَعْذِرَةٍ إِلَى رَبِّكُمْ وَلَعَلَّهُمْ إِتَّقُونَ Allah mentions a group of people that were preaching uh, and then there was another group of people that were quiet they were minding their own business they were saying why bother telling them that what they're doing is wrong they know, just leave them alone so you had three categories those who preached and told them don't transgress those who transgressed and they were actually the, the people that did the culprits, the people that did the sin and those who minded their own business and didn't even bother to say anything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us what happened to those who transgressed they were punished what happened to them? you will find out in this verse when Allah says فَقُلْنَا لَهُمْ كُونُوا قِرَدَةً خَاسِئِينَ those who, who uh, spoke out against the evil those who called towards good those who reminded them those who understood the responsibility of calling others to do better Allah mentions that they were saved Allah said we saved the people that were forbidding the evil What happened to those that said Why are you guiding them? Why are you admonishing them? The people that were the I mind my own business I don't get involved type What happened to them? They were quiet, so Allah was quiet about their faith. And the scholars, they discussed this. Were they punished or were they forgiven? And uh, some say they were punished because uh, the one who doesn't speak out against evil when it's happening, 
is no, not bet, much better than the one participating in it. If you are scared for your life and you don't want to talk about, against it, at least remove yourself from the situation. But anyway, this is, a, this is a, an interesting concept of sometimes you are supposed to speak out and you speaking out in the eyes of Allah is better for you. But then you have to assess the situation as well and this is why we learn the fiqh of al-amr with ma'roof al-nahi al-munkar. How do we call towards good and forbid evil? And every situation is different. Sometimes it's better for you to speak out. Sometimes it's better for you to stay quiet. Maybe someone else has a, would do a better job. Sometimes it's not your role because this person would not listen to you. These are all nuances we have to appreciate. But uh, in this particular incident, Allah saved those who spoke out against the evil. And Allah punished those who transgressed. Uh, and then there was a group that Allah mentions or alludes to that were quiet, Allah what happened to them. So, this is the story of the Sabbath. Though. So, they were told to not fish on Saturdays, they would put the nets out the day, a day before and collect the fish a day after, which is strictly an exception, it's absolutely haram. So, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? And you know about those that transgressed on the Sabbath, and we said to them, those who transgressed, be despised and rejected monkeys. This is very interesting, the scholars they discuss were they actually turned into uh, monkeys? Were they physically turned into monkeys? Or is this more metaphorical? And we have a qa'ida generally speaking, if we, there is no evidence to suggest something is metaphorical, that you go with the literal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is capable of doing all things. And there is no, um, there is actually, astaghfirullah, the majority of our scholars of tafsir, the majority of the scholars of tafsir mention that the maskh or the change that was done to them was uh, physical, was physical. They were physically turned into monkeys. And in Surah Al-Ma'idah you'll find, They were turned into swines and monkeys. And you have some athar that mention the elders were turned into swines and the younger folks uh, were turned into monkeys. And Allah knows best. But that they were physically turned. Now, one common mistake that people have is they assume that now that uh, when you come across monkeys and, and, and swines, that they are the same people or their descendants. They didn't have a progeny. They didn't have a descendants. In fact, they were destroyed. There's an author that mentions that the, uh, uh, the scholars of mentioned, like Ibn Kathir, they mention that the people that were changed, these people that were changed into uh, apes or, or, or monkeys, and they were changed into swines, they didn't survive long enough to have progeny, to have a descendants to begin with. Right? Number one. Uh, number two, um, let me there is an effort mentioned. Let me jallahum aqiba. They were not given. A, a, they didn't last. In fact, after three days, they were destroyed. Right. This was a punishment for them. Now you have this interpretation. This is the majority of scholars of the seed. They say literally, Allah said to them, "Be monkeys," and they became actual monkeys. And is this possible? Yes. I mean, and a verse ago we were discussing a a mountain hovering over them. A mountain hovering over them. And now Allah turned them, some of them, into uh, qirada, monkeys. Now, this is very possible. Allah is capable of doing all things. Allah created the heavens and the earth. Allah can do anything He wills. Inna Allah ala kulli shayin qadir. So this shouldn't trouble you, or you shouldn't struggle believing this. But there is an interpretation that is mentioned, narrated from Mujahid, um, and the student of Ibn Abbas that mentioned that they were t- changed into monkeys in, in, in not in not physically but in in character 
uh, that they were f- not physically changed, but it was their inside and the, the, their, that, that was changed uh, from, uh, from a metaphorical sense. And this is an interpretation that exists, but the majority of Silaka, they, act- they were actually turned into Qirada because they didn't observe the Sabbath and they transgressed and they used trickery. طيب. Um, one more time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says And you know And indeed you knew What happened to those who transgressed upon the Sabbath And we said to them Be despised and rejected monkeys So we made this punishment The changing to them into monkeys we made this punishment an example to their own and to succeeding generations and a lesson to those who are pious. So when you read the story and you see that those who disobeyed, those who transgressed, those who tried to do trickery and deception, what happened to them, this should be a lesson for all. Fear Allah and obey. I want to make a point here that is, I think, important. Because in Surah Al-Baqarah, we'll come across many miraculous incidents. In fact, right now, we're about to enter into another miraculous story, someone being revived uh, from the dead. So, you will have here and there some interpretations from the scholars that uh, will make it into a regular incident incident rather than a miraculous one. For instance, you might find people telling you that earlier the first of you mentioned and we hovered or held the mountain above you. They will say, no, this was, and you will have especially contemporary mufassirs, uh, 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 they, they, they will go with this, this, this explanation. And so it's saying that it was actually a, an earthquake and the mountain, it seemed like it was going to fall on them. Or there were boulders uh, that, that were descending upon them And they were scared And yes you can say The mountain was above you or it, and it, So it, is, it didn't literally Hover above them But it was, it was It's almost like a usage of the word But it, they felt like the mountain was above them They felt that they were, on, they were underneath the mountain And then there was a zelzala the, the mountain shook And this scared them So for example You would hear people say something like this and then you have, although we have again one of the salaf saying that the change to monkeys was actually something not, not physical, but you will have people gravitating towards this interpretation because it's more in line with natural physics and biology, it makes more sense, etc., etc. But what they forget is that with the, when, when we talk about mu'jizat and miracles, they're not supposed to abide by the regular laws of physics and biology that we know to begin with. And this is very important because you have people that are almost running away from the, the miraculous nature of these events. So, okay, if we say, the, if we, they, they will say the mountain didn't hover. Uh, they were not turned into mon- monkeys. Uh, the man was not revived to death. Uh, this, that, or the other. But what would you do? What will you do with instances like the creation of Adam, the creation of the heaven, and the earth? These things are also miraculous, uh, if you think about it. Or when uh, um, uh, Isa being born without a, a, a mother, when you come across that verse, what are you going to do? So the mentality that some people have to explain away everything that is miraculous, um, like uh, someone, I, I saw someone the other day trying to explain the splitting of the ocean 
the splitting of the ocean by Musa السلام, by saying there were some winds and what have you. Some nonsense stuff, really. And, and look, these are mu'jizat, these are miracles. They're supposed to be different from how things usually work. Uh, for example, uh, some people are saying, well, how did the, the, the stick turn into a snake? What do you mean, how did the stick turn into a snake? Can Allah not do that? Can Allah not, uh, can Allah not create something and, and, and do a miracle? If someone is struggling to believe in the capability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is a problem. This is a problem. And this is very important to remember that Allah is capable of doing all things. And many of the stories that we, that we are hearing that are outside of what usually happens, that's the point. The point is that they are a miracle. They are being shown to people to strengthen their iman and their faith and their belief. This is the whole point of it. And this is something that perhaps is lost on many people, which is why they will say, let's find a scientific explanation for this. Let's look at historically how this really happened. What could it have been? What was inside the staff of Musa for it to move this certain way? Perhaps it was a reflection or this. No, there's no need for this. This is why I, earlier I gave you guys the qaida or the principle. If Allah tells us something, we believe it as it is. We take the zahir, the apparent meaning. Unless we find an evidence to suggest that the apparent meaning is not what is meant with it at that particular uh, uh, verse. So when Allah says, Be rejected and despise monkeys, we say this was the punishment and Allah actually, literally, turned them into monkeys and this is the opinion of the majority, the majority of the scholars of tafsir. Again, verse 66, So we made this punishment an example to their own. And this is why it happened in one particular village, like Allah mentioned, So this happened in a particular village, and it was an example for all the other villages as well. This is what happens to you when you disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you use deception and trickery. And for the generations that came after them, the succeeding generations, and you can tell because the lesson of those who transgressed upon the Sabbath was something that was told generation after generation, something that they remembered. Uh, then Allah mentions and it is a lesson, a reminder, an admonishment to those who have fire. So when uh, you and uh, brothers and sisters, when you hear this story, let the lesson be. If you disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this is something that is severe and you must fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it can result in a punishment. May Allah protect us. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions another incident. وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَىٰ لِقَوْمِهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُكُمْ أَن تَذْبَحُوا بَقَرَةً وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَىٰ And remember when Musa said to his people, لِقَوْمِهِ to his people, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُكُمْ Allah is commanding you أَن تَذْبَحُوا بَقَرَةً to slaughter a cow. They said, Oh Musa, are you taking us as a mockery? Then Musa said, I seek refuge from Allah to be among the jahirun, the ignorant and the foolish. This is another story that started here. This is a very important story that requires our reflection. Why? Because it is the story that the whole surah is named after. This is the incident of the Baqarah, the story of the cow, and this surah is known as Surah Al-Baqarah. So this surah is named Surah Al-Baqarah because of this incident. Allah says, وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِهِ When Musa said to his people, إِنَّ اللَّهِ يَأْمُرُكُمْ اللَّهِ is commanding you and تَذْبَحُوا بَقَرَةً to slaughter a cow. Why did Musa say to his people, Allah is commanding you to slaughter a cow? The scholars of Tafsir, they mention that this 
was an answer to a question that was posed. And the backstory is that a man was waiting to inherit his uncle. For his uncle did not have any children for himself, and he was of old age, and he had a lot of wealth. So he was waiting for the inheritance, but this old man would not die. And he was impatient, so he ended up killing his uncle. He killed his uncle. So the nephew killed the uncle. And when he killed him, he put his body far away so that he would not be a suspect. And then, and what was the reason again? He wanted the wealth to inherit his wealth. This was the, the, his plan. So then, uh, Musa, uh, the, the Banu Israel, they find out this deceased person. And then the nephew, the culprit, the killer himself, started saying, who killed my uncle? We must find out. And this became a, commo- there was a commotion and an issue and a problem, like the, the murder, murder that needs to be solved within the Banu Israel. It is during this time that they go to Prophet Musa. And they ask Prophet Musa that this incident has occurred, this person has been killed, can you tell us who killed him and investigate the matter? Then Musa says to them, وَإِذْ قَالَ مُوسَى لِقَوْمِي When Musa said to his people, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُكُمْ أَنْ تَذْبَحُ بَقَرًا Allah is commanding you to slaughter a cow. So they came to Musa and said, Oh Musa, someone has been killed. What shall we do? Musa said, Allah is telling you to slaughter a cow. Now, remember the theme, I've, I've mentioned this quite often, is that you need to obey the messengers. You need to hear and obey. This is what it means to be a believer. A prophet is telling you to slaughter a cow. What was their reaction? They said, are you making fun of us? Prophet Musa said, Allah is telling you to slaughter a cow. Would Prophet Musa ever make a mockery of Allah and the religion? How dare they even, even um, think that, let alone say that? What does Musa say? I take refuge from Allah, Allah from being among the jahilun. No, Musa is not among the ignorant. Musa would never make a mockery of the deen. What he said, he was serious. Allah told them to slaughter a cow. Now what should they have done? They should have slaughtered a cow immediately. For when Allah asks you to do something, you should do. Allah tells you to pray, pray. Allah tells you to be dutiful to your parents, be dutiful to your parents. Allah tells you to pay zakat, pay zakat. Do what you are being told. So, what did they do when they realized that the matter is serious and that Musa meant this and Musa is saying they have to slaughter a cow? Did they go and slaughter a cow? No, they didn't. Did they obey? No, they didn't. They started asking questions and badgering Musa with unnecessary detailed questions. They said, O Musa, call upon your Lord for us. Again, look at the same error they keep making. Call upon your Lord for us. Last week, when they were asking Allah, when they were asking, when they got bored from the a food that was the heavenly food that Allah was giving them al was salwa and they said Musa we want uh, onions and cucumbers and what have you they said ud'u lana rabbak they said fad'u lana rabbak call upon your lord for us again what are they saying now qul ud'u lana rabbak they said call upon your lord O Musa why are they saying this why can't they say ud'u lana rabbana call upon our lord is Allah not their lord but it shows you the kind of mentality and mindset they were in, the arrogance that they want even, they're not even accepting the fact that they are servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that Allah is their master and Lord. 
O Musa, call upon your Lord for us and ask to clarify for us what this cow is. We need more information. What kind of cow is it? And Musa said to them, this cow is neither too old nor too young. It's between the two conditions. So it's a cow that is not too young, still suckling at its, mother's, uh, its mother, nor is it too old, it is in between. So now they have a description of the cow. A cow that is not too young, nor too old. So now that you know, فَفَعَلُوا مَا تُؤْمَرُونَ Do what you are being commanded. Do what you are being commanded. This is so important, this wording of Musa alayhi salam. فَفَعَلُوا مَا تُؤْمَرُونَ It's exactly, and what's interesting is, once we finish the story of Israel, which are an example of a nation that refused to obey, Allah was telling us about an example of a father and a son that did obey. And that is Ibrahim and Ismail. This is why it's such a beautiful surah, this chapter, Surah Al-Baqarah. It tells you about people that obeyed and then people that disobeyed. And it's telling you, be more like Ibrahim and Ismail and don't be like the Banu Israel. So, um, why am I mentioning Ibrahim and Ismail? Because in Surah Al-Safat, when Ibrahim sees in a dream that he has to slaughter his son. Now think about this, even the parallel, they are being asked to slaughter a cow. Prophet Ibrahim was asked to slaughter his own son. Inni ara anni adbahuka. I see in my sleep or in my dream that I am slaughtering. Now look, uh, Ibrahim was being uh, told by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to slaughter his son, his son, his beloved son. Then he asks his son, this is what I'm being told. What does Ismail say? Ya abati, O my beloved father, if'al ma tu'umar, do as you are being told. When Musa tells his people, slaughter a cow, any cow, slaughter it. Then they keep asking, what type of cow is it? And then he tells them, it's not too old, not too young. Then Musa says to them, fa'alu ma tu'umarun, do what you are being told. It shows it's a beautiful parallel there. Now Ibrahim of course did what he was told, and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down a ram, it was a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let's see what Banu Israel do instead. Again, it's very important to keep that parallel in mind. We want to be more like Prophet Ibrahim and Prophet Ismail and Prophet Musa, and we don't want to be like the Banu Israel who have constantly failed to obey Allah Almighty. Now that they have been told the age, it's not too young or too old, they want more information. Again, they didn't have to ask all this information. Now you know it's a cow that's not too old, not too young. Find any of them and, and, and slaughter it. No. They, they keep asking. They said, O oh Musa, call upon your Lord for us to clarify what it is. What its, what its color is. Now you want to know the color. Musa said that uh, Allah is saying that it is, a, it is a cow that is yellow in color. Bright in its color, pleasing to the observer. So now they know the cow is a yellowish cow. It is not too young and not too old. Go find it and slaughter it. What do they do? Again, they say again to Musa, Musa, they said, call upon your Lord for us to make it clear for us. What is it? 
innal baqarata shabah alayna verily to us all cows are alike wa inna insha'allahu lamuhtadun and if god wills we will be guided then musa alayhi salam answers them qala innahu yaqulu he said that allah is saying innaha baqaratun it is a cow la dalulun tuthiru al-ard it is not trained to till the soil wa la tasqil harf nor to water the fields musallamatun it is free from any defects la shiyata fiha and it has no spots it's bright and it's clear from any spots it has only one color now it, the cow became extremely specific it is a cow that is not too young not too old its color has been clarified uh, then is it a cow that works the fields no does it water the fields no now they have all of this information subhanallah they only found the description of this cow with a young orphan who was extremely dutiful to his mother and they had to get this cow now because that's the only cow that fits the description and subhanallah Allah will that this family this young orphan will be provided from their uh, questioning and, 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 and uh, their disobedience and keep that Allah allowed their disobedience and their badgering of Musa salam to provide from that family for they sold the cow in its weight of gold so the cow was sold to the Bani Israel uh, and they bought it with the cow's weight in gold so that family got enriched because of this event uh, like some of the scholars of tafsir mentioned so they found the cow finally and uh, now what did they do they slaughtered it and they almost did not and they almost did not so that shows you again that they were hesitant they didn't want to obey a very a character trait by now we have seen quite often now you will Allah tells us about the incident that led to this event I've alluded to it in the beginning and remember when you killed a soul a person and you disputed amongst yourself about it وَاللَّهُ مُخْرِجُ مَا كُنْتُمْ تَكْتُمُونَ And Allah will reveal that which you are hiding. فَقُلْنَا نَضْرِبُوهُ بِبَعْضِهَا And we said to them to hit it or to strike it with some of it, some of the cow. So what happened was, Allah mentions first, I remember when you killed a man and you felt the dispute among yourselves, but Allah brought forth that which you were hiding. So this whole incident, there was a, there was a murder, right? A, a, a man that killed his own uncle because he wanted the, the wealth to inherit it and he couldn't wait for his uncle to, to die naturally so that he could inherit it he killed him and uh, this is when this is when um, the cow finally it was slaughtered and then they were told to strike the deceased man so the body of the deceased man to strike a part of the cow on his body this is what they are being told strike the dead man with a piece of the cow which piece? Was it the tail? Was it the tongue? Was it the shoulder area? These are all opinions that you will find in the books of Tafsir. But again, an important principle to remember is Allah did not specify the, 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 the piece because it's not important. What's important is what happens after. He told them to strike a piece of the cow on the deceased body and then what happened? The man came back to life. The man came back to life. And then Allah says, and then he pointed at his killer. And this is how it was found out that it was the nephew that killed him. 
And just like that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revives the dead. Allah brings the dead to life. وَيُرِيكُمْ آيَاتِهِ And Allah shows you His signs. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَعْقِلُونَ So that you may understand. And have aqal al-intellect. So, this is a story that is miraculous in nature. A man who died was brought back to life. And Allah can do that. And you will find in Surah Al-Baqarah five different stories that all show you Allah's ultimate power and how Allah can revive the dead. But we see Allah reviving the dead in our, with our own eyes whenever we see the crops that die or during the winter when the leaves fall and then during the spring they come back to life. This is the ard. We believe that Allah can bring back those who die And we believe that Allah will bring all of us back on their judgment We believe in Allah's ultimate power So this shouldn't be surprising to the reader This shouldn't be surprising This is something that Allah can do And it's important that we remember this Especially when you have people that will try and explain these ayats away And try to either tell you that this didn't happen Or or sometimes you will find people saying, this is all metaphorical, this didn't really happen this way. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding this. So, uh, what are some of the benefits that we will find in this story? You will find in this story, the benefit is that, what was wrong with Ben Israel? Why couldn't they just slaughter a cow? Wouldn't it have been easier for them to slaughter the first cow they saw? And yes, it would have been easier. But because they made it difficult upon themselves, Allah made it difficult for them. When they made it difficult for themselves, Allah kept on making it even more specific for them. Until there was only one cow that they could slaughter, and that cow was extremely expensive, and they had no choice but to buy it. And they bought it with its own weight in gold. Can you imagine how much it cost them? But if they were to listen from the beginning, when Moses said, slaughter any cow, then that was what would have happened. And you learn from this, sometimes um, you shouldn't seek Information for the sake of making things more complicated or difficult. Now, this is not the same as when one is seeking information to learn, right? This was not what they were doing. This was not what they were doing. And there's an incident with Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam when he said to the to to the Sahaba that Allah has ordered for you to do Hajj. To in Allah amarakum bil Hajj. Allah has ordered you to make Hajj. Fahajju. So Allah has uh, made obligatory upon you to, to go to the pilgrimage. Then among the companions was one that said, Afi kulli amin ya Rasulullah. I said, every year, O Messenger of Allah. And then the Prophet admonished his companion and said, if I were to say yes, it would have been every year and none of you would be able to do it. Can you imagine if we had to go to Hajj every single year? No one would be able to, to afford or do this. Which is why it's alhamdulillah, it's a ni'mah that is only once in a lifetime. But it shows you that sometimes asking questions that are unnecessary or unnecessarily detailed is not what we are supposed to do. And this is exactly what the Banu Israel did. The second thing that they did that we are not supposed to do is they didn't obey. They didn't listen to the Prophet. They were uh, hesitant and they kept on asking questions. And in fact, they were saying to Musa, are you making a mockery of us? Are you making fun of us? What do you mean slaughter a cow when we have a, a, a murder to solve? So it shows you again that they were not in the correct mindset with regards to how do we act with a prophet. And this is for all of us. When you hear Prophet Muhammad said do this, or Prophet Muhammad recommended this, or this is the sunnah, how do you react towards that? 
You should be someone that is humble and listens and obeys. These are some of the benefits that we learn from this story. And again, this is the theme. Be someone that obeys. Kun someone that yuti'u Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Someone that obeys Allah Almighty. And we find that similar theme in those that, that when they were told to not transgress on the Sabbath, they use trickery and deception. Don't use trickery and deception. Inshallah ta'ala, I'm going to conclude here at verse 60, verse 73. Jazakumullah um, Our lessons are going to stop for Ramadan. But there is another tafsir session that will be happening that I encourage all of you to join. And that is the one that will happen every day during the month of Ramadan. Uh, Shaykh Ahsan Hanif will be going through the tafsir of Sa'adi. Um, definitely join that and, and benefit from that. And after Ramadan, we will continue our series in the tafsir of Sulz al-Baqarah. Barakallahu fikum. Hada wa akhir da'wani alhamdulillah rabbil alim. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.